I think sometimes that's something we forget about with engagement is how people feel. We're very concerned about metrics that can be mapped and you know put on a chart, but it's it's much more difficult to think about how people feel about your content. Welcome to Virtually Live by Kaltura. Each week, we'll get into the latest and greatest in marketing and specifically event marketing, audience engagement, and brand experience. To guide us through that, we've invited event professionals and marketing leaders from various industries. In this week's episode, Kaltura's product marketing manager, Amit Eshel, speaks to Stephen McNally, senior platform manager at Airbnb, about the spectrum of informational and inspirational messaging and what insights we can gain when we look at disengagement. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to CTA Coffee and Takeaways Chat. I'm Amit Eshel, and I'm a Product Marketing Manager at Kaltura, and I'm coming to you virtually live from Kaltura offices in Tel Aviv today. Uh, with me today, Stephen McNally. Uh, Stephen, where are you joining us virtually live from? I'm joining you virtually live from uh, Maui, Hawaii. Well, I'm so jealous right now. Um, so Stephen's a Senior Platform Manager in Airbnb, and he's also an artist and a videographer, and he founded a VR app for uh, yoga classes. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing uh, in Airbnb and out of there? Sure. So, so uh, you know, years ago, uh, people discovered that that live video was great to connect one person to many people. You know, especially for for a large global company. Um, uh, but um, I think it's just until recently we discovered and tapped the power of video to to enhance community. And specifically at Airbnb, we really encourage user-generated content. So we've kind of opened up the video experience for everyone. It's kind of very democratized for people to create their own channels of content, um, to have things like uh, affinity groups. And we want to use video to empower people to connect, everyone to connect, not just, you know, leaders within an organization. That's interesting. I mean, in all of your work areas and um, following our latest conversation before we shoot, um, it sounds like you're spotlighting the connection, like the bond between the tech industry. And when I'm saying tech industry, I mean numbers, growth, engagement, and the world of sentiments, the world of how users feels as long as they're, I don't know, guests, hosts, participants, managers, uh, whatever. Um, So can you elaborate a little about this approach first? Sure. So, so you know, I, I think content really can either be one of two things. It it can be uh, informational or or uh, inspirational, and, and all content sits somewhere on that that spectrum. And when you think about any message that you want to deliver, um, you you really want to either inform someone or or inspire someone to to take action. Um, and you know, all content sits somewhere in there. And, you know, to be informed, but to not be inspired, you know, I think messages can, can, you know, fall flat. So it's, it's, it's important that, that people feel the way um, you're, you're um, intending and, um, and, or or at least they're they're aligned. And, and I think sometimes that's something we forget about with engagement is um, how, how people feel. We're very concerned about, you know, other very, um, metrics that can be mapped and you know put it on a chart but it's it's much more difficult to think about how people feel about your content but how do you see like 
How do you see feelings through analytics? When you look at analytics or uh, insights after a session, where do you see feelings through the numbers? Sure. It's, it's, I think it's, it's difficult. Obviously, there's nothing that just, um, uh, there's no analytic that just spits out you know, how people feel about content, but there's things that um, um, kind of can, can uh, be, you know, be a nod to it. For instance, um, when we post a video segment on Slack, uh, we'll post a video uh, segment that'll play in line on Slack. Uh, people will put uh, different emojis um, or little comments. And so what we'll do is we'll kind of aggregate those together. We can, we'll count up the emoji, emojis and we'll, we'll, um, we'll visualize that. Uh, we'll find common attributes in, in comments and we'll visualize those types of things. Uh, internally, on the platform side of things, um, there's a Medium post if, if folks are interested in reading more about it but we have this tool called audience that we've developed internally. And it allows people to kind of in real time um, create emojis. Um, and even there's a noise gate where if people hit the clap icon, you actually start hearing this audio feedback of, of clapping in, in, in the, the, the live feed as well. And so we use some of those tools to help capture how are people feeling and responding to the content. It's, it's part of the two-way conversation because when you have a live stream, um, you know, it's, it, we think of this as this one-to-many approach, but really it's the signal back that, you know, um, we can understand, hey, audience, uh, how are you doing? How is this message um, you know, being received? So you described this spectrum where on the one side you have uh, informational messaging and on the other you have inspirational messaging. But don't you think that an excellent messaging should be uh, an information that includes uh, something inspiring in it, that you can have both? Uh, when when you do right. it right, when you right. can, where you can deliver information in an inspiring way, right? It, no, absolutely. You know, um, I, I think ideally, messaging is both in, inspirational um, and informational. And uh, all I'm in, encouraging people to do is actually, like you said, consider that both are in the message. And sometimes we're so focused on the information um, that we f um, we. Um, forget about uh, considering its, its, its emotional impact. And so to not consider um, how something is landing on, uh, you know, uh, on someone and how, it'll, um, how they might feel about it is actually d doing a disservice to your message. It's actually making it less clear um, because it's going to happen uh, either way. Let's talk about disengagement. I mean, uh, you mentioned this term before, and this is actually pretty interesting because usually when we come to, when we draw conclusions out of something, we usually look at what we have. I mean, engagement, we have more or less, but we're looking on what we have and not what we haven't achieved. So what, where do you find the value when you draw conclusions out of disengagement? And what is exactly disengagement? What you know? What what is this engagement? You know, I, I think it really has to do again <laughs> with how people uh, feel about content. Um, even if you have considered it or not, um, if people are um, bored with uh, uh, information, um, you know, they'll disengage with it. Um, if people don't dis disagree or you know something um, irritates them, um, makes someone a little angry about. Um, information, um, you know, they might disagree with it, they might tune it out. And, you know, we'll, we'll see this in, you know, decreased uh, average view times, I, I think we'll see it, um, uh, you know, with people clicking away from the tab, you know, are people 
doing Slack and, and, and checking email or, or are they really both seeing and hearing your, your content? And I, I think that is where we really want to be is not are people just passively listening, but are they engaging by, by, by visually watching? Even if it's, there's no slides or, or diagrams or something, are, you know, are they watching someone's face and, and, and connecting with them? Interesting. So just before we wrap up, it's time for myth busting. So I'd like you to tell us about uh, okay. the greatest uh, events or marketing myth that you found out was wrong the hard way. Oh man. Um, so I'll speak generally and, and you know, um, you know, and this actually I found for a lot of events throughout my career. Um, I think, you know, I've been streaming for over 10 years and I've found um, the telling people about things um, is is the biggest myth. People always think like, I'm going to surprise people with this live event. I'm going to tell them the the, the day before, um, you know, uh, this this event happens that it's happening live. And I, I think that's been historically one of the things that I've seen over and over again is uh, tell people early. You know, you know I think about... How am I going to tell people, you know, three weeks out, two weeks out, one week out, really getting it hot and, and, and sizzling um, and giving people plenty of runway to, to, to take off time on their calendar. If there's something, if it's something they're passionate about, people want to leave time and space um, on their calendar for, for to watch an event. Thank you so much, Stephen, for joining us virtually live today. This gave us a lot of food and coffee for thought. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen McNally and Amit Eshel for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. To give you a little taste of what's coming next week, here's seven questions and events with Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Columbia Business School, Amy Jake. Welcome to seven questions and events with higher education marketing guru, Amy Jake, Chief Marketing Communications Officer of Columbia Business School. No time to waste, let's go. What's the one thing you want your attendees to get out of your events? I want to have made their job or life better in some way. Either we taught them something they didn't know, we dove deeper into an area they were passionate about, or we solved a problem for them. So my number one is always about, did you gain value from this? And if you did, then I think we've done a good job. Um, what's your favorite way to engage with your audience? I don't want to choose. I don't have a favorite. Um, I, I like always. Who would your dream keynote speaker be? No restrictions. Oh my gosh. That's so hard. And I've, I've only got 30 seconds now to think about it. Uh, <laughs> Bill Gates, maybe. I, I, I love the work that he's doing, and I'm especially oh. interested in his new um, clean tech ventures. There's so many interesting people. It's too hard oh, to definitely. choose. Bill Gates, definitely on my uh, top of my list as well. Which trend in virtual events are you most looking forward to? Interactivity. I think different people communicate in different ways and giving them a virtual platform, but allowing them to self-select whether it's polls or whether it's uh, speaking out loud or whether it's um, participating in a chat, just the open opportunity for everybody to get something out of it is exciting. What's an event marketing pitfall people should watch out for? 
So I think during COVID, events were similar to appointment viewing on TV. If there was an event, people came at that prescribed date and time. Now I think you see events fitting back into busy lives. And so I think one is making sure that you're doing the math and the funnel work to know how many people you need to reach at the top of the funnel to get everybody to be there on the day of. But secondly, for those that didn't end up coming on the day of, what are you doing to make sure that that's not a lost opportunity? How are you connecting with them and finding new ways to kind of insert that content into their lives? And then the third is keep the conversation going. The event is not the end all. It's, um, it's just one stop on the journey. What's your go-to source for personal development info in terms of events and marketing? I, I get a lot of my information from LinkedIn. So I see a lot. Um, I used to be in events marketing specifically. So, you know, I, I look at Eventbrite every now and then. But I would say LinkedIn is, is primarily where I see what's going on and, and how people are utilizing virtual events. And then lastly, shout out to another event professional. Oh, my gosh. Uh there are too many. Um, but I will say when I worked at The Economist, my team at The Economist events were incredible. They were one of the best uh, teams in terms of creating content, sourcing speakers, developing sponsorship opportunities, um, executing on the actual events. Uh, they're just fabulous. Uh, and there's too many to name, but to everybody who was part of that team, many of whom I still talk to. Uh, y'all are simply the best. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you, Amy. That was awesome.